Hi, my name is Harris. I'm one of your podcast hosts. I'm also a lawyer at Treadstone Law. For most Canadians buying, selling, or refinancing real estate, a lawyer is the last thing on their mind. That's unfortunate because lawyers play a vital role in the process. But what choices do Canadians have? Lawyers can be very expensive. Well, Treadstone Law offers resources to Canadians so they have access to the information they need. Whether you sign up for a live workshop or a mailing list, we cover topics to help you make informed decisions and avoid costly mistakes. It's advice you can start using today, and best of all, it's free. Visit treadstonelaw.ca forward slash MAS offer or click the link below to get access right now. If you're looking to retain Treadstone Law, it's never been easier. Our entire process is online. From completing the retainer agreement to your signing appointment, everything is done from the comfort of your own home. We're your digital lawyers. The best part of it is that you don't pay anything when you're retaining our firm. Visit treadstonelaw.ca forward slash MAS offer or click on the link below to retain us right now. Enjoy the podcast. Welcome to another episode of Hustle and Grit. Today on our podcast, we have uh, Gabriela Mihailovic. <laughs> I hope I, 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 I kind of butchered it, but I think I got it right. Um, she, Gabriella is from Rate Shop. Rate Shop uh, is here to help people like you navigate life's big moments from divorce to caring for aging parents. Rate Shop wants you to enjoy easy, helpful, and fun mortgage experiences delivered with great service, specialized financial products with competitive rates. Now, Gabriella, welcome to the podcast. Hi. Before I, I move forward, I just I, I want you to let the listeners know how you pronounce your, your last name, um, just so that they get it. I know I, 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 I tried, but uh, I, I made a bit of a mess there. <laughs> well, you did it all. It's actually Mihailovich, Gabriela Mihailovich. Nice. Awesome. Awesome. So just to kick things off, I kind of went on your LinkedIn, did a little bit of stalking. I've seen that like you spent an, your kind of career in in the mortgages side, in the financial side, um, in, in just that banking side. So you've got just a rich um, career to draw upon. Can you give our listeners just a, a for a start, why did you kind of uh, an understanding of why you got into the financial industry? Um, was it something that you knew from the beginning? Was it something that you kind of um, came into and then thought like, you know what, I'm, I'm really good at this. I got to keep going. Like, what was it that got you into the financial industry? Um, it's my background, my schooling from back home. It's, uh, it's actually in economics and finance. So that kind of got me started. And uh, it's also the numbers. I like numbers and I like help, helping people. So this is marrying the two together. But better way to help somebody than to walk them through the numbers and help them get a house and help them, you know, with their finances. Uh, it, comes, uh, it comes kind of easy to me. But, you know, to a lot of people, okay, financing is something that they're not too familiar with or to look in the numbers and stuff like that so yeah that's how i ended up in banking <laughs> so, it, so you, you started at um one of the big banks in canada and then you moved into private 
uh, not private, well, mortgage brokering. Um, so what got you to kind of switch over? Why go from a huge bank, which you could have, um, there's at least perceived financial security and you've spent a decent amount of time there. You've got very good experience there. Um, and then you moved into mortgage brokering. What kind of was that change? What made you kind of move over? It's ability. When you're a mortgage broker, you have ability to access more than one lender. When you're with the bank, you're actually with one lender and one lender only. So you're limited in a scope of products and scope of, uh, you know, freedoms for the lack of a better word. But the reason why I moved into mortgage brokering is the freedom. You know, nothing beats being self-employed. Like, yeah, it's nice to have a paycheck, but yeah, listen, if you can bike, okay, and be on a call, okay, what's better than that? <laughs> <laughs> I think you're probably one of the first people I've heard that come from. Most people would be like, you know what, I like the paycheck. But if you enjoy a mortgage brokering and working for yourself, that's awesome too. Because with mortgage brokering, it's 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 uh, you're more in tune with the volatility of the market, safe to say, right? Um, so with mortgage brokering, give us uh, a little taste of like what it's like working with you. So if I want to kind of um, uh, get a mortgage, a fir my first mortgage, whether I'm a first-time home buyer, whether I'm a repeat home buyer, um, refinancing for other reasons. What is it like working with you? Am I just going to shoot you an email? Um, are you, uh, do I give you a call? Are you completely digital? Can I see you? Like what's, what's the entire process um, in terms of working with you for a mortgage? It's, it's a mix. So whatever works for you to contact me, that's the way I will actually accommodate the client. I will meet with the client if that is easier. Mm -hmm. uh, but email works, phone works, Zoom works. You know, like any media, okay, works for me. And uh, as as in terms of what is it like working with me? Well, I, it's, it's a little bit different than what you would think, okay, as a mortgage brokering is. Because I would like to get to know the client better and figure out what their goals are before we actually discuss the rates and everything mm -hmm. else. Because you're not, nobody's just a number. And that's another thing that bank, you know, the reason for switching from a bank into mortgage brokering you're not a number. You're not just another call that I have to make. Okay. You as a client, you're a person and your mortgage should fit your need and your goals versus just the rate. Rate is just an end product at the end of the conversation to see okay, where we fit it. But if your mortgage is not a right fit for you, the rate is really irrelevant because you'll end up paying more money at the end than if you, you have a wrong product. I mean, See, that's what like I and I have this conversation with uh, so many people who will ask me about rates. And if I ever do, not that I'm a financial expert um, in real estate law. So I, I see the tail end of of kind of your work. But uh, whenever somebody comes to me and says, you know what, like who can get me the best rate? My thing is always you don't you know what, like that's like the worst question to ask because like you can say like, you know, the bank, I, I think it was uh, one of the big banks. Was it National Bank or HSBC that like, a couple of years ago did 0.99 fixed for like five years, four years? And everybody's like, oh, my God, this is an amazing rate. But thing is, is that if you ever were to break out. How much you have to pay is so much higher. And it's and I've seen as a law firm when we're asking for like discharge statements, there's fees to like 30, 50, 60,000. We've seen 80,000. And it's to the point where like 
thirty, forty thousand is not something that's um, abnormal. I've I've seen it enough to be like, whoa, this is a lot of money, and it's not because you know um, uh, they are forced to move sometimes you you have a job that you find a job somewhere else sometimes you 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 have kids you didn't know you're gonna have kids and now you have to move so there's all these other things um that are kind of in people's minds in your perspective what do you think uh, this might be a bit of a a hot seat question (laughs) what do you think What do you think is um, one of the most, the biggest mistakes uh, a potential uh, client of yours, anybody looking for a mortgage mortgage can make um, outside of the rate mindset? What kind of mindset is, would you say is not good? And then to the opposite of it, what way should they be approaching this entire experience of obtaining a mortgage, whether it's to buy or refinance? It's about thinking that mortgage is just a mortgage. It's a transaction. Mm. It's it's of your life. Like you're not. Uh, how should I explain this? Okay, there is more to your life than just a mortgage. How does how does that fit in? Like have have you? I'm trying to. <laughs> I'm trying to to formalize. Like I know in my head, I'm trying yeah. to put it in words correctly. How how it works is um it's more like i i feel like right like it's it's a lifestyle like you're not just you know you're just buying a house okay to live in a house okay like and not have a life then yeah that's you know not the best way to go some people might just want to you know get a house and just pay it off and that's their goal but if your goal is to actually have more than just uh, a, a house with a backyard and, and have a life and have you know full life and, and live it with your family then yeah should think of it in those terms i don't know yeah. if i'm explaining no no it makes sense and and, and i kind of sum it up as you know like you'll have especially when the market was going crazy you have buyers who are fine with going in in an offer 100 200 half a million above asking but then they want to save $10 a month on their mortgage, <laughs> which doesn't make sense. So it's like to what you're saying, where it's definitely like it's a lifelong, not it's a lifestyle decision. It's a decision where um, it's not a transaction. It's whether it's your starter home or a forever home um, and you're buying something or even when you're refinancing, whether it's to consolidate debt, whether whatever it is, you have to look at it in terms of what's the best decision to um, allow you to build the greatest wealth over your life. It's not just about, I've got the lowest rate. That's great. I'm going to be like, you know, I'm happy running to the bank, paying this mortgage every month. When in reality, you you knew if you had the right conversations that you're going to be out of this house in three years because you knew you were going to have kids or something like that for uh, four years, five years, you're going to be out and you'd have to break that mortgage. So there's all these hard questions that need to be asked and the cheapest mortgage isn't the cheapest mortgage. Cheapest mortgage is usually most expensive mortgage at the end. Hmm. Uh, majority people will actually break their break their mortgage or, or switch their mortgage at about three and a half year oh, wow. uh, point, you know, three and a half years into it. 
So if you're in a in a in mortgage that has a great rate, okay, like as, as the one you were talking about, 0 0.99, and you're trying to get out of it, you're going to have huge penalties. Uh, may not be even the best thing to 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 get out. You may not even be able to get out unless you sell the house. There is some of them have a clauses, okay, that it's a sale only that you can break it. So when it comes to going with the cheapest rate and the cheapest mortgage, not something that fits most of the lifestyles because life happens. Like, you know, yeah. again, that's the beauty. Life happens. You need to, you know, be able to live it to the fullest in your beautiful house. Okay. Like be the best mortgage that you can have. Yeah. No. And, and it's also kind of like, you know what? Um, and, and this is what I, I say, because sometimes, for example, if you want something that's portable, maybe you have to pay a little bit more, but it's kind of like, buying a house that doesn't have a deck but has a big enough back lawn to build that deck you have that option right and so you want that optionality to make sure you preserve your wealth because you know it's it's that whole uh, adding uh, uh what is it uh, penny uh, penny wise pound foolish so you're kind of looking at your pennies but you're not looking at the bigger picture as to like what's going on in your life where do you see things going and how can you um, uh, avoid any kind of decision that's going to set you back a certain amount? And we actually had people who had clients, uh, without naming names, we had clients who had gotten into these fixed mortgages and then life happens, they had to sell their house. Um, and now when they sold their house, they had to break out of their mortgage, which got very expensive, more so that they couldn't even cover from the sale proceeds. So now they're running around asking everybody in their family, hey, do you have like for some money because they need to make sure that they can pay everything off so that they don't default on their end of the contract. Because you have to uh, little do people know that you have to come up with the funds one way or the other to discharge the property completely if you sell your property as a seller's. So it's, it was an expensive mistake, which is, I'm like, well, you should have had the right advisor there to help you, to let you know what you need. And that's, the, and that's the key. And especially in today's market, just touching on briefly, like it, it happens, uh, it, it, it has a, I haven't seen it happen yet, but it has a possibility of happening with the values dropping from where they're right now, from where they were, for example, in February. Because what we are seeing is if you bought a house in February mm -hmm. and we send an appraisal out, the value, February value, and the value today for the same property will have significant difference. And uh, in, in a market, uh, market environment like that, if somebody is selling and there is not enough equity, if they were mm -hmm. in an insurance, possibility is that if they sell, okay, they have to sell, they will actually own more on a house than what they for yeah so not a not a bad situation okay to be in absolutely so speaking of the current market um and i've got a question because i i it's something that uh, i've seen happen and i'm not sure what the correct solution would be there's there's individuals who put in offers in january february to close july august okay so the, the contract was firmed up in january february and, and they're closing in July and August. January, February, as you know, was uh, a hot mar market, and now it's kind of slowing down. So my question is, is 
Um, had they done, would a bank approve a mortgage in January, February, as opposed to would they say, no, we're going to wait closer to the closing date and then um, we're going to do all the work, do the appraisal and then put in, uh, finish the paperwork and finalize the mortgage. How does that kind of process work for something like that? Most of the time, they would go maximum is 120 days. So if the 120 days is, is over and you haven't closed, they will redo the application. The problem with that is like if you bought it in January, 120 days would have expired, for example, by now. So if the dates that you would have had in January, they wouldn't be able to hold it. So your rate hold would have expired and you would have come to the rates, which is right now. So you would have gone from, for example, fixed in, in January, February would have been like 2%, 2.5%. Oh, wow. like my God, okay, five years, two and a half, high rate, okay, like, can okay, you buy it down? Those were the conversations we were having, right? Like, two and a half percent, like, that is so high. Um, and then today, okay, like, you know, five years, you're looking at five percent and, and upwards of five, like, 5.5, 5.6. So it, it's a long closing, and chances are your rate would have been adjusted uh, to the higher one. The other issue with that one would be appraisal. Again, appraisal, it's it's about six months. So if your bank or, or whoever was helping you didn't do an appraisal earlier in the year, uh, the value that you'll be getting is the value that is right now, which might be adjusted for the market that is right now. In a city that may stay the same outside of the city, we are seeing a difference mm -hmm. of 50 to 100 uh, in the values of the properties oh wow and so how long is an appraisal good for most of the time okay it used to be six months but again okay this is the market that we are not used to mm -hmm. like this is something you know and the lenders know okay that the, the values have changed okay so it's it's always you know the one who give you the money okay they're the ones setting the rules so if they say, okay, we need a new appraisal, we need a new appraisal. Have you so seen we'll Have you seen that happen with any of your clients where the banks ask for another appraisal? Is that kind of happening? Not not for the, because that long of a closing, that's extremely long closing, mm -hmm. okay? So nobody yeah. does that because they are all trying to buy and sell, okay? So it's usually shorter. It's usually three months, the maximum four months. Okay, nobody goes, okay, for, for five or six, okay, like lately that I've seen. Uh, in in that uh, situation, and we also tell them, okay, because of the rate, we tell them like this is you're running a risk, like this is the rate that you have right now. Okay, this is the rate hold. Mm -hmm. If uh, if you more than that, you will get a best rate that we have, but it will be the best rate at that time. Oh wow! So then, do you have any tips for buyers in this market who are kind of dealing with, I guess, declining prices or stabilizing prices? What would you say is the best approach? Um, for anybody who's thinking of buying their house in the next three to six months? We are going into a buyer's market. Mm -hmm. Up until well, maybe two or three months ago, it was a seller's market. It's no longer a seller's market. It's turning into a buyer's market. So it's uh, is it a good time to buy? Yeah, it's always a good time to buy. You need to live somewhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you need to start some like you can't wait okay the longer you wait okay the prices go up the rates go up like you just you can't wait like you you need to buy you buy uh what you need to do is to sit down with a professional and make sure okay that everything is in order that your down payment is there that you understand how mortgage works before you go and put that offer 
and and you should still in, in the next three months we will see uh, predictions are you know people who are much smarter than me okay, are saying that we will see a lot of uh, inventories coming to the market uh if you look at the newspapers it's like doom and gloom over there it's like <laughs> that's okay like people are going to be doing that we don't know that's the reality but uh as uh, if you're thinking of buying meet with somebody today make sure you have all your documents make sure your down payment and everything else is there and start looking because you will find and and it will be a good time to buy because you will start building equity the sooner you get in the sooner you start building equity in your house yeah so what's better than that? well i mean I, the funny thing was was when um we were in the like the middle of the the heated market and and everybody's offering like uh god knows how much over the asking price everybody wanted to jump into the market right because who knows what's going to happen they all they're, everybody's getting into the bidding wars but now um when you can find those deals is when everybody's like okay no i don't know and, and my thing is is always um within uh real estate over, I think, what is it, a seven-year gap, you don't really see a de decline in real estate. It always does go up overall. And so if you're going to buy, now's the, the best time ever to buy because interest rates going up, as weird as that may sound, they're on your side because they're actually pushing the price down, right? And they can only push it down so much. And then when you grab it, if the interest rates do go down again, which they most likely will, um, you're, you, you're, you can pay that down faster and you can actually experience that bump in the value pretty quickly too, more so than average. Absolutely. Yep. But also, like, it, it comes down to having a right conversation with you know, your mortgage professional, whoever it is, because there is ways of adjusting your payment. There is ways of like even a small prepayment of $20 because the mortgage is amortized over such a long period of time. It makes a difference. So there is ways of building equity. There is ways of, you know, uh, you know, the people, people think, okay, I just need a payment again. I need to have a huge prepayment to get to bring it down. Mm -hmm. No, like there is, you need to have those conversations to 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 maximize whatever the payment amounts and whatever prepayments you can do, and yeah, rates go up, rates come down, rates go up, yeah. rates come down. We have different products that can you know again on individual basis. You know, everybody needs to you know bring their you know approve on a, in a one on one basis, but there are products out there that we can actually customize your mortgage. So you don't have to have only a fixed rate. We can customize it so you can have a portion of it in a fixed. You can have a portion of it in a, in a variable. So it will actually average the rate okay for you, or we can split it in a different portion. So you have your you know, one year, maybe one, one, one portion in one year, one portion in a two year, one portion in a five. So they're not all coming up at the same time for the renewal, which protects you in the long term. So there is all sorts of things that we can do with mortgages that, you know, will help buyers. Well, but it, yeah. it's you you just in and buy. It's like you know having kids. Okay, like are you gonna wait to have kids because they're too <laughs> they're always to tell you they are. Yeah, if you don't have kids, yeah. like if you just save money nobody will ever have kids like no but but with kids I, I you know what i say with kids and I, I, it probably applies to houses as well they're expensive as you want to make them 
So you can like get them the best of everything and then you'll lose a shirt off your back. Or you could live in a more reasonable way and you can have tons of kids, enjoy everything and, and still, you know, be surviving as opposed to being <laughs> drowning in debts. <laughs> that, that is perfect analogy, actually, because it does apply to houses as well. You can overbid, okay, like, you know, and do 600000 over, you know, and then go like, oh, my God, <laughs> great house. Uh, what I'm going to do now, okay, or you can, you know, buy within your budget and stay within your budget and, and be quite happy in your house, still build, have a great life, build it, pay it off, do whatever you want with yeah. it, whatever your goal is. Yeah, and I think a lot of times the issue has been um, people mistaking, like, their forever home with their starter home. Like, when you're when you're first coming in and you see all these Instagram pictures with all this crazy stuff happening, you're like, I need it all. And so my budget has to be, like, a million dollars, whereas, like, a million is a lot of money, especially for, for a starter home. That's insane amount of money. So you need to kind of come to a level where you're like, all right, what's a good investment? And, again, this co- goes down to – speaking to professionals mortgage brokers everybody have to be on your side to be like all right if this is a starter home and i want to leave and keep it as an investment property what are my options um and and to what you were saying that's pretty creative i've never heard that where you could put it in tiers where it's like uh, is that what you said one year term two year term five year term and different portions like how does that work can you just explain a little bit about that because i haven't heard of that before (laughs) and this is again like you know from my background because i did investments as well and mortgage is an investment essentially yeah it's not like that's like you people just think of it. It's a mortgage. Okay, it's separate from my investment. No, the same principle can apply. So when you do investing, there is dollar cost averaging, yeah. for example. When you, when you just do monthly payment, okay, like and it builds up. Yeah. So with the mortgage, if you are worried that the rates are going to be astronomical, okay, like in certain amount of time, we can break it down. So we can have uh, like an umbrella product for you. And your mortgage, whatever your mortgage mm-hmm. amount, just gets and, and get, gets uh, gets um, put in a different terms. That protects you, protects you from the interest rate risk, protects you, you know, from all sorts of things. Yeah. And you ability. So if you like, a lot of people are are you know, especially now, okay, like you see the the gloom and doom. Yeah. Oh my God. Bank of Canada is going to increase the rates again. Okay, seventy five basis points, July first, end of the world. It's not the end of the world yeah. at all. Yeah. It's not. Like if you're in a variable rate product, it's a great product. The reason you're in that one because you can actually handle the risk. Mm-hmm. So again, the rates go up and down. So you had a benefit of a variable up until now. So now it's a little bit of a blimp, but still lower than a fixed rate. And it's going to eventually okay even out. So if you have a customized product customized mortgage we can have a portion in a fix so you are not worried you can sleep well and we can have a portion in a variable where actually you benefit from a rate going up and down yeah and the other thing is that people often think okay variable rate and adjustable rates those are two different products variable rate product you can actually have a payment set to a certain rate and that payment doesn't change and then you have adjustable variable which will actually vary with the price so Again, you have a proper conversation with your mortgage. Yeah. And it's safe to say, I don't, I don't think uh, a lot of 
professionals can speak to it that way because as soon as you're you're telling me because i did i did i studied finance in undergrad too so whenever you're saying like fixed and and variable to me you're, you're saying you're, it's kind of a, a mix between bonds and equity and that's what you've kind of simulated into your house and you brought it to the average consumer so that they can have um the they hedge their bets because the thing is is we just like earlier this year is when everybody's like oh my god doom and gloom like you're saying right and i feel like a lot of it is just to tell everybody to calm down with the bidding wars and and they're kind of uh, screaming at, at the top of their lungs so that everybody can hear you and it's not going to be um as pronounced as they're they're kind of making it out to be but at the same time um, we, the, if, if they overshoot with the interest rates and you go to a recession and inflation comes down, they're going to bring the interest rates down too. So if everybody starts locking in, like you, you can't predict the market, you can't predict the market. <laughs> you just have to go in. Like, I don't know if uh, 2008 is perfect example yeah. of this. Kevin, everything, you know, just went like poof. Okay. Like, and, and the headlines in 2008 were like, oh my God, the crash of the market, like this and that. And um, at, at that point, I, I remember, okay, one of my clients came in, okay, and, and, and he goes, okay, uh, is this correct date on my on my mortgage statement? Like, he was in a variable. And I'm like, why? He goes, can you check this? Like, I just want to make sure, okay, like I'm reading this mm-hmm. right. Um, yeah, because really, really, this is really correct rate. I'm like, yeah, his rate was actually at that time below 1% because he had a great discount. So when the prime just went down, okay, his yeah. rate just went and it stayed like that, okay, for the longest time. So it's, 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 it was doom and gloom, but it wasn't doom and gloom. Like yeah. if you were properly at the beginning and you understood, you were actually in a quite good place financially because when is the best time to buy when things are on sale mm-hmm. and you can't Stop. yeah everything yeah and you can't predict the bottom of the market too so you have to like when you see a dip and this is why i say whenever somebody asks like going to a bank versus a mortgage broker i always advise to find a good mortgage broker reason being that it's not your i'm not coming to your work and telling you how to do your job so you shouldn't be going and trying to predict where these interest rates are going and going in and saying, hey, this is the type of product I need. Right now, a mortgage is no longer just a mortgage. There's so many products out there from so many different lenders with so many different options that even as a real estate lawyer, again, working on that last mile of the entire process, I still do not understand all of it. And I would need to speak to a professional and I'm smart enough to know that I need a professional when I'm taking out a mortgage. It's just impossible for you to understand every single aspect of it. And not only that, you need, and my thing is, is I love banks. We, we, our firm works with banks all the time. Uh, ultimately, the mortgage is from a bank, but um, the reason like uh, mortgage brokers is you can build a relationship with the banks. I don't feel like it's like that anymore. There's a lot of just turnover. With mortgage brokers, I can go to the same person and say, hey, Starting with my starter home, now I want an investment property, my kids going to college, I need to take out a credit line. All of these things you need a mortgage broker for because with a bank, again, I I, I feel like a bank can only sell its own products. And if they have a shoe size 9 and an 11 and you need a 10, they'll give you an 11. (laughs) It's it's whatever (laughs) that'll get on your feet and you can walk, right? Come on, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Until you try to run and then you're tripping over yourself <laughs> with the fees. 
so it's true but also as a mortgage broker um it's it's uh we work with a team of professionals yeah again okay like come to us okay for the starter home and if we do our job properly and ask you what your goals are we'll be able to guide you and come with a plan come up with a plan so you're not stuck only on your starter home as you grow as your family grows, as your life expands and, and you go to different life stages we can set you up on the right path okay that from the get-go mm-hmm. that you're towards your investment property, towards your cottage and everything else. We, we, we do work with accountants, which are a huge part as well, especially when it comes to investment properties and holding companies and stuff. Like we, there is, it's a team effort. Yeah. Like it's, it's like you know, the saying, okay, you need a village to raise a child. Yeah. You need professionals to actually make sure, okay, that your finance, finances are actually in full order. And, and it's important yeah. for us to work with team, which, uh, it makes a difference to, to a client at the end of the day. Yeah, and it, it, to, to what you're saying, I also feel like um, it's incredibly important to know the borrower and their risk tolerance because a lot of times, you know what, I could be um, the smartest person alive, but if I don't have a really high risk tolerance and I am up all night because I got a variable mortgage, maybe it's just not worth the headache, even though I, I disagree with in terms of the, the monetary perspective, but the psychological perspective, maybe I need to be in a fixed. And so it really depends on that. And somebody needs to really get to know you over time because you can't figure out in a conversation um, what a person's personality is and what kind of mortgage products they can ingest. Um, it takes a, to- a period of time to get to know you, to understand you, to figure out what that best product is. Um, speaking of which, just to wrap things up, last question. Given what the Bank of Canada is saying about rate increases, given the doom and gloom, given all of what's going on, um, are you still suggesting, from a monetary perspective, if you pull out the psychology, just the monetary, are you suggesting variable or fixed? Variable. What goes down, what goes up, comes down, always. that okay like it's, it's variable and if you if you look historically bank of canada has a lot of statistics on their website mm-hmm. historically will outperform 100 percent. and it, again what goes up comes down it will come down and you will get a benefit of that variable rate oh, awesome thank you for the, uh, joining us in the podcast if anybody wants to reach out to gabby and learn more about dollar cost averaging your mortgage, which is something that definitely everybody should be thinking about. I've never heard of it before, but now that I have, I definitely something that I would always, I'm now going to be telling people, not always, I'll be telling people that they need to be looking at to really understand their mortgage. I'm leaving Gabby's uh, information down below. Check us out, check her out, give her an email, shoot her an email, give her a call, get to know what uh, what uh, products she has to offer. Thank you for coming on the podcast, Gabby. Thank you for having me.